morning this sunday we have the story of jacob returning to esau and of course that wrestling match with god genesis chapters 32 and 33 your sunday school material titles this story esau forgives jacob and of course it's important that esau forgives jacob but that's really not the important thing about the story is it it's eh, it, kind of upsets me that they titled it that it's kind of like you're talking about the resurrection and the title of it is the guards fall asleep well yeah it happened but it's really not what's the, the important part of the of the account what's really important is this wrestling match between jacob and god and jacob learning to trust in god's blessing and receive that that name israel so jacob wrestles with god i think it's a, a much better title but um whatever <laughs> Jacob finally learns to trust God that's the point of this story the whole story of Jacob is one of Jacob trying to fight his own battles and get his own way and it just leads him from one disaster to another but finally he's faced with no other choice no other recourse other than to put his trust in God's promises and learning to do that <clears throat> brings uh, the peace to his life that he could not accomplish on his own. Trying to do things ourselves often creates a big mess. But God fulfills his promises even when when we fail to trust in him, even when we are trying to do things ourselves, and he fulfilled his promises for Jacob. Uh, and he is always with us as he promises uh, Jacob. Learning to wrestle like Jacob wrestled with God. We all have problems we all have fears. We all have worries uh, like Jacob faces in our story this morning. Uh, we all face different struggles like Jacob was struggling that night. Unfortunately, we all not all of us learn to wrestle with God and win the way that Jacob did. And that's what makes all the difference. What a friend we have in Jesus. Well, most of us love that hymn. And it's a good one to use with uh, this story. And maybe even you could sing it with the kids uh, after the lesson today, <clears throat> learning that Jesus is our friend. And when we wrestle with him in prayer, as uh, Jacob did, uh, we, we come away with God's blessing. Uh, law and gospel, we create messes when we try to do things our own way. But God promises us grace and every blessing and fulfills those promises in our lives, uh, forgiving us and even fixing the messes that, that we create. So Jacob has come down from the north. He was up in Haran with his uncle Laban, whereas he married his two wives, Rachel and Leah, of course. And he's he's fleeing from his uncle Laban and comes down from the north along the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee and down along the eastern side of the Jordan River as well. He's arrived at the northern side of the river Jabbok, which is a tributary of the Jordan. So it runs into the Jordan from the east. So he's coming down the eastern side of the Jordan River and now uh, the Jabbok um, River or Creek or whatever you want to call it is in between him and Esau. There's an easy flat uh, ford there where he can cross over, but he, he doesn't right away at first. He sends <coughs> emissaries uh, to messengers to his brother Esau to gauge uh, Esau's <clears throat> what Esau is thinking and the only thing that Jacob hears back from his messengers is that Esau has gathered 400 men and is coming to meet him what does that mean is Esau coming with 400 men to kill him that's what Jacob of course is afraid of 
Was that Esau's intention? We don't actually know for sure. It's possible that Esau forgave Jacob on his way. It's possible that he did mean to come and kill Jacob, but uh, God worked on his heart after Jacob wrestles in prayer with him, or God worked on his heart through the gifts that Jacob sent, and, and he let finally let go of his anger and forgave his brother uh, instead of coming to kill him. Uh, there's, there's no indication in the scripture what his original intention was, although uh, when he meets Jacob, he forgives him and embraces him. And so finding the eighth commandment, putting the best construction on everything, uh, the best thing is to assume that Esau had already forgiven Jacob and was just excited, was just glad to see him. And the 400 men was uh, more of an honor guard than, than a real threat. Nevertheless, it does show us that Esau has become a great man of war. Uh, while Jacob became rich and well, a rich and wealthy shepherd, Jacob has become a rich and wealthy lord, warlord. He's got 400 uh, armed men, that at least, that he, that he has under his command, and, and probably more than that, <clears throat> has become a, a king through fighting. And that, of course, was always the difference between Jacob and Esau. Esau was a man who went out and hunted and fought. Uh, that was uh, what he liked to do, whereas Jacob liked to, to stay home and cook. Jacob has, in a sense, stayed home, not at home, of course, but... Uh, with his uncle Laban and become a, a very, very wealthy shepherd, whereas Esau has become a very wealthy lord um, with, with men and armies to command. And so Jacob cannot hope to stand against these men if his fears are justified and Jacob is coming to make war with him. Jacob knows he, he can't fight Esau. Uh, Esau is a man of war with, with armies behind him now, and Jacob is just a, a peaceful shepherd. He has lots of servants, but they're not trained in war. And so Jacob is uh, very much afraid. Uh, Edom uh, is where Esau has kind of established a kingdom for himself, and that's further further south. Uh, you keep going south along the east side of the Jordan and past the Dead Sea, you get to the area of Edom. So Esau is coming up from the south along the east side of the Jordan, and Jacob is uh, north of the river Jabbok on the east side of the Jordan. Jacob uh, sends his servants ahead with flocks as gifts, uh, not just one uh, gift, but three separate companies of servants uh, with, with gifts for Esau, hoping that that will appease him, these gifts will appease him. But then he also divides all of his possessions into, into two and sends them uh, across ahead of him, but separate, so that if Esau decides to attack one uh, group or the other group, well, then the other can get away. So at least he won't lose everything uh, if Esau does attack. Nevertheless, these are wise precautions on Jacob's part, but Jacob doesn't trust in those precautions, does he? But instead, he spends the night in prayer. He sends everyone ahead of him, and then he turns to God in prayer. And notice at the beginning of his prayer, Jacob calls on the God of Abraham, God of Abraham. Notice that God is still his father's God in Jacob's eyes. He's not his God yet. He's still the God of Abraham. Now that's going to change. And that's one of the really significant things in our account. If you look down at the last verse of 33, verse 20, he's no longer the God of Abraham. Now he's finally become the God of Israel, the God of Jacob. We remember back when Jacob was leaving his father and uh, after his vision at Bethel, 
<clears throat> Jacob said, he built the altar, and he said, if you bring me back safely, then you will be my God. So he flat out told God back then, like, I, I'm not really going to trust you as my God. I'm really not going <clears> to <throat> make you accept you as my God until I see, oh, okay, you've brought me back safely. Well, in, at least in Jacob's mind, he's not back safely yet. So he's still not his God, uh, but the God of his father. And that's... that's um, true for a lot of us as well we we grow up hearing about jesus hearing about god we we grow up uh, going to church but for a while when we're younger it's more the god of our fathers we we do it because <clears throat> that's what our parents do and we don't know any any better and then somewhere around high school or in college we have to learn how to wrestle with god and make him our god the way that uh jacob did uh, so that we learn to, to trust his promises and to understand his power in our own lives and not just in the lives of those who, who came before us. Uh, Jacob appeals to God's own promises in his prayer. Where he says, God of our fathers, and he says, uh, you have promised to be with me and take care of me, so therefore fulfill your promises. Uh, that's a good example of prayer there, of course. He also confesses that he's not worthy. He confesses his sin and trusts in God's promise uh you promise this lord therefore do it and uh, we know that that's the only way you're going to get anywhere uh, with god when you come before god in prayer is when you come to him on the on the for the sake of his mercy and on the basis of his promises uh, not because of anything that you have done and so jacob does that here as well and then a man comes to him and wrestles with him so god himself comes to jacob but in the form of a man he looks like a man to jacob did jacob understand from the beginning that it was the lord that's a question that our text doesn't really answer that the scriptures don't really answer uh earlier in genesis 32 he's already seen the angels of the lord so he he kind of knows oh, this is a holy place right the lord has come to me here it would seem reasonable to think that jacob understands that it's an angel or the lord one of the two uh but he certainly doesn't we certainly don't know that for sure uh, certainly by the end of the wrestling match he does know that it is the lord himself so the, the they wrestle jacob wrestles with the man all night and then the angel and he says well he could not prevail right uh and then the angel touches jacob's hip uh, and supposedly that's so that to show Jacob that he cannot win against God by force. Uh, no matter how strong he is, he, he cannot win against God by force. All God has to do is touch his hip and it's out of joint. There's no way you're going to win a wrestling match with an opponent like that, right? And so maybe that was God's way of prompting Jacob to go back to God's promises, which Jacob does do at that point. Uh, God says, well, it's time for this wrestling match to be over. The day is breaking. It's time for me to leave. And Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. So he's unable to win by force, but finally he learns to put his trust, his faith in God's promises. He, he will not let go of God. He will not let go of those promises of God. And of course, uh, when God has promised to do something, uh, we can hold him to that promise the way that, that Jacob did. And so God does not cannot leave until he has fulfilled his promise to Jacob, and he does. What is your name? God, of course, knows his name, but uh, God wants Jacob to say it because now he's going to bless him through the giving of a name. So what is your name? Well, Jacob, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Israel means 
God's fighter or the one who fights with God, or it could be translated prince of God as well, because you know princes are those who, who lead armies or great warriors, especially back in that day. But the point is that the name means that Jacob has has wrestled. God says the meaning of the name, right? You have wrestled with God and with man, and you have won. Sorry, you've wrestled with man and with God, and you have prevailed. Through all his life, Jacob had been wrestling with people. First his brother Esau, then his brother Laban. Uh, and uh, he had, it hadn't gone well with him on the basis of his strength. He had to flee from Esau. He had to flee from Laban. But now finally he wins, not by his strength or by force, but by clinging to the promises of God. Putting his trust in God's promises, God fulfills those promises, and Esau meets Jacob in peace, with love, and without anger. He's happy to see his brother, he's forgiven him, and the two can, can live as brothers again, uh, once again. And so chapter 33 is a wonderful uh, example of that. Again, is that, was that what Esau set out to do, or did God change his heart? Well, we don't really know, but we do know that it is God's blessing. It is God who brought these two back together and brought Jacob home safely. And it is because Jacob finally trusted God's promises uh, that finally he's able to stop running from everyone and live in, in the peace that God gives to him. Verse 20, as I mentioned before, the end of chapter 33, a very important verse. Then he erected an altar, that's Jacob, erected an altar there and called it El Elohim. Elohi Israel. El Elohi Israel. That means God, the God of Israel. So finally now Jacob has learned that God is his God, not just the God of his fathers, but the God who has blessed him and who is with him. Uh, and the God will be with him the rest of his life as well. And that's, that's what we really need to learn uh, from this lesson as well to make God our God, to wrestle with God on the basis of his promises and to win and to be victorious by trusting those promises God has given to us. We can go to God like Jacob did and say, I am not going to leave you until you bless me and be confident that God will bless us for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ. Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson. If you have any questions, give me a call or email me.